I bring you greetings and salutations from Woodbridge, New Jersey. Why I'm starting off like that, I have no clue. But um, I just want to say hello um, to everyone listening to this podcast. Thank you for making it to episode 16, I believe. I believe it's 16. I didn't check. I don't know why. Um, But um, I do want to say hello. I do want to say if this is your first time listening to this podcast ever, please go back to at least episode 11. I would say, please, please, please do not start here because I don't know what I have gone over. Like before I get into it and certain things, I'm not sure if I'm going to explain again because I explained a great deal in episode 11 or 12 for this very specific purpose. I think it's 11. Um, We are still in John um, in this Today, we'll be finishing up John chapter five, I believe it is. I'm not sure about anything, right? (laughs) I'm not sure about anything today. Um, Yes, we'll be finishing up John chapter four and heading into John chapter five. So if you haven't, again, if you if if this is your first episode, I want to say hello. Thank you for coming. Um, We shoot this off the hip. Um, you know, I, at first I started to like plan a great deal and it was very necessary in the beginning, but as we go further and as we go deeper into this stuff, you know, you just can't plan so much and you just, you know, you still have to study, you still have to do your due diligence, but over planning can like kill anything. You know, you don't want to overplan to where you're so rigid you can't deviate from where you were trying to go in the beginning. And I'm 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 really big on doing that. Not 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 that it's a good thing. I'm notorious for doing that. Like planning so heavily that I'm so invested in a plan that I can't deviate from the plan. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit calls for you to deviate from the plan. Again, we are in John um, and our series is Who's the Man? We are figuring out who Jesus is through the word that he has given us um, from his one of his beloved disciples, John. Um, Not to be confused with John the Baptist, but John the Apostle um, who walked very closely with Jesus for three years. And um, the specific reason for why he wrote this book was to explain to people that Jesus is not only a good teacher, that Jesus was not only a a good prophet, that Jesus wasn't just a man that did miracles, he wasn't a magician, but he was in fact God. He was in fact the savior of the whole world. Um, During the time that John wrote this, it was to um, combat against um, Gnosticism and um, Arianism. Um, where one one um, school of thought was saying Jesus wasn't man at all. He was just portraying himself as a man. And he was he was actually just God and he wasn't man in the flesh. Um, and another school of thought was saying that Jesus was was just man. You know, that came much later. But the first attack on on um, Jesus was not his deity at all. It was his. It was his manhood. It was his humanhood. They were like, no, he wasn't. He actually wasn't man at all. And it's like, no, he he was both. And he he is he is and he was fully God and he is fully man. Um, And we need him to be. And we are going to get there. I'm already guys. We here's here's what's crazy, right? We're in this series of who's the man. But in my mind, I'm already on part three of this whole thing. Like, who's the man part three? We're just in John, but I, I definitely want to go to, uh, I definitely want to get to Hebrews. I definitely want to get to, um, I want to go back to Mark. 
I want to get to Luke at some point and all of that because they're all beneficial. I think we look at the Gospels, the three different or the four different Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We look at Matthew, Mark and Luke like, oh, those are the synoptic Gospels. They're telling the same story. But in all actuality, they might be telling quite bit, quite a bit of the same story, but their their purposes are very different. And so it is, they're all four of them are important. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all very important. Um, so yes, um, but yes, I'm, 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 I'm like, I want to get to those, right? But we have to take our time and we have to, and it might be a couple years before we get to those. But I, I do promise you, and I pray that the Holy Spirit allows me to keep this promise to not quit um, until we finish those. You know, um, there's so much to learn about our Lord and Savior. And I said this to a friend a few weeks ago. Um, I said, I, I'm just so grateful that I serve a God that is inexhaustible. What does inexhaustible mean? Inexhaustible means that like you can't exhaust. You can't. It's something that you can't exhaust. Like you can't get not not so much tired of it, but it's like you can't. You can't get over knowing it, right? So there's no there's no such thing as an end to God. Like, oh, I know everything that there is to know about God or the God of the Bible more so. Like, I know everything there is to know about Jesus. So I know everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit. There's no such thing, um, which is why heaven, a part of the reason why heaven is going to be so glorious for us because we're going to be getting to know God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever like it's non-stop it's non-stop heaven is just going to be like this awesome experience all day and all day <laughs> like night even itself night will cease to exist like it's just day all day um but yeah um i just wanted to say that welcome took me seven minutes to say it Welcome to the podcast. Um, I pray this helps. My name is Keith Roberson. I do indeed pray that this podcast has been helping you um, know more about our Lord and Savior. Um, if you do not know him, I will say this at the beginning and at the end of the podcast. If you do not know him and you want to know him and you want him in your life and you've been going through this podcast and listening to these episodes and you've been saying like, man, this is really interesting. What would it be like to be a Christian? I don't know. Like my, my thing is like, man, you don't have to wait. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Try him out. Try him out. Try try the Lord out for yourself. So if you don't know the Lord as the pardon of your sins um, and you would like to know him as the pardon of your sins, the only pardon for your sins. You do you do you know? Let me let me deviate for a quick second. Do you know that religion always talks about religion talks about being like God and being with God and, you know, not even necessarily being with God, but being like God and um, pleasing God and all of that type of stuff. But religion doesn't talk about being redeemed. It talks about what you can do to be okay. It talks about what you can do to, to, you know, I guess live a, a life to where you're not, feeling guilty all the time or whatever it may be. But do you know that Christianity is the only belief? And notice I didn't say religion, but it is the only belief and it is the only faith that says you can be redeemed. All of this stuff that you've ever done, all of the evil things that you've ever done, all the evil thoughts, all the evil things that you're going to do can be washed away. You can be redeemed. You can be made new. That is the God that we serve. If you don't know him, please try him. Please confess your sins and please believe on him today. So um, that same that same saving grace, the same um, savior of the world that, you know, that we're talking about and that I just spoke about. We will continue to talk about him today. I also need to make mention of the times being a scribe, being the scribe that I am. I will let you know that today is March 17th, two days removed from a very significant date, which was my birthday. I celebrated a birthday to, um, 
Um, sorry, today would be March 18th when it's dropped. So three days removed from a very significant day. Um, thank the Lord for allowing me to see 31 years, and I, which is flabbergasting to me. Like, I remember my friends and I speaking about not not feeling like we would be ever be 21, let alone 31, you know? So I am grateful. I am grateful for for 31 years. And it's not too often that I'll say my actual age, not that I'm ashamed of it, but it's it's just, I don't like when people talk about age, you know? It's like, oh, you getting up there. Oh, you getting like, fam, 31 is a blessing to be. That's 31 blessings. Like, you know how many people don't make it to 31? Are you kidding me? If I make it to 40, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, so I do. And and I, I do find myself, I'll be honest, at 31, you know, the more people that pass away, the more you get to know the Lord. And we've had a lot of people pass away recently in my family, which is why um, during this week and the weeks to follow, I'm definitely dedicating myself to prayer. Um, not that, you know, like, well, if I was praying more then God would have spared these people, that's not what I'm saying, but it's like, it's a lot happening in my life right now, both good and bad. And I just want to make sure that, um, I've submitted all these things to God. Like God has it all in control, but it is one thing for him to have it all in control, which is a great deal, which is a great big deal. But it's a whole nother thing for for you to say, God, I submit these things to you. I'm not going to worry about these things. I'm just going to lay them at your feet. And, um, you know, so like, but the more you, the older you get, the more you long, the older you get and the older you get in the faith, the older you get physically and the older you get spiritually, the more you begin to long for heaven, the more you begin to long for um, God, the more you begin to long to see his face. Like, look, I want to see the man who died for me. I want to meet him. And that's not to say that you're in a rush to die, but it's kind of like Paul said. And at 15 years old, when I was reading the passage of Paul saying, um, Paul saying like, look, man, I, I desire to be, he's like, I don't know if I should stay here with y'all or just go and be with the Lord. You know, Paul was like, Paul was like, look, I'm sick of being down here, you know, <laughs> but he also was saying like, I don't know. Like he was like, it's also good being able to share who God is with you all. And so he was like to be absent from the body, you know, to, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, you know? Um, it says to to live is Christ and to die is gain is what Paul was saying. To live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is to be like Christ and to die is to gain Christ. So, um, you know, um, like, you know, so, um, yeah, it's, you know, we've, we've just been experiencing a lot and, you know, you and if you're listening to this podcast, you you do know about the coronavirus and, you know, all that is going around in in this country and in the world. Um, but as believers, I, I want to I do want to say this. Just look around, just look around you. Look, at, look at how believers, I mean, true believers are looking at this situation and how they are about it and how people that don't know the Lord are looking at this situation. For one group, it is the end of the world <laughs> as we know it. And for us, for some others, we feel fine. Yeah, so... um. You know, we know who has it all in control if if but, you know, he's told us how it was all going to end. He's told us what the end was going to be. He's told us that he he is who he says he is. And and if you are a believer today, I want and if you're a little worried and if you're you're a little shaking your faith because of this, I want to say fear not for God is with you. It's not to say don't wash your hands. It's not to say don't um, socially um, 
don't practice um, social distancing. It's not to say um, don't do the necessary steps because there's a potential that you and or your loved ones can go see him before <laughs> before your time. So don't so, you know, take the necessary precautions. It is wise again to live is Christ, you know, and so. um, Yeah, I so before we before we close this podcast, we'll definitely pray about you know this uh the covid-19 situation and all of that um count it all joy we do count it all joy that we are we some of us have to work from home and most of us have to work from home and we're here with our families and being with our families and in a way forced to be not in a way but forced to be with our families but it's causing people to be um considerate of others. And I told my family the other day when we went out to dinner for my birthday, I told them, I said, I just think that it truly is God calling us to slow down, to slow down and remember what really matters, you know. Um, And so. um, But also there are others that we need to keep in prayer um, during this situation. And usually and you know, I'll say it at all times. um. There are people that are homeless that have nowhere to go and are even more susceptible to this to this virus. Um, I walked through um, the North Penn Station and it is a very big um, homeless contingent that lives and stays there and is constantly there and um, definitely keep them in prayer because, you know, it reminds you to keep the homeless in prayer. Because, again, they're more susceptible to pretty much everything, you know. Also, we want to keep up people in prayer, or uplift people in prayer that who can't work from home. So whether it may be that they're getting laid off because they can't work from home or they're more susceptible to the virus because they can't work from home or because or, you know, they can't pay the bills because they can't work from home or whatever it might be. Um, we want to pray for them as well during this time. We don't worry, but we do pray. We also want to keep in prayer the people, people that are in situations that um, that make home less desirable. You know, um, might be might come from a broken home, might come from a very abusive home, and and so on and so forth. You know, and things that they're they're um things that they're um prone to see because and be around stuff that they wouldn't normally be around because you know they have to be there and they you know it's not it's not a vacation for everyone it's almost a vacation for almost no one but look at this this is this shows us just how much alike we are you know how people you know People like to thrive on their differences, but it just shows us how much alike we are and how much and, you know, not to get preachy, but this is I pray this helps. So if if you can't get preachy anywhere, if I can't get preachy anywhere, it's not not going to be my own podcast. So let me get quote unquote preachy. But if if like it, it does show you in a way what sin does. You know, when sin entered into the world and it just shows you how much sin affects everyone. And I'm not saying that you if you sin, you got the coronavirus and we'll read a little bit about that today. Hopefully, I don't know if we'll get there. Probably not because I'm 20 minutes into the intro. (laughs) But. um, Yeah, like. You know that diseases aren't natural. I, I I tried to tell you guys this before or last week, but death is not natural. If you're a Christian, you have to believe this. The gospel will make much more sense to you if you understand this. Disease is not natural. Death is not natural. These are things that God did not intend for us. These are things that he did not want us to have and or experience getting older, getting old and dying is not natural. Understand that we were in the garden 
and we, you know, we were walking with walking with God and able to talk with God and, and do so many things in the garden. But because of sin, because sin crept in, you know, we were made, you know, we were here we are. All types of disease and all types of stuff happening because of sin. And look at how much alike we are because of it. You know, I mean, it just shows us how much alike we are. Not saying that. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that because of because of sin we're alike. God made us very different for His purpose. You know, but um, there's one thing that we have in common, and that is that we are finite beings. That we are human beings. That we are sinful creatures, and um, we do indeed need a savior. We are in a world right now where it's very visible, very visible that we need a savior, that we need something and someone to help us. I saw a lot of people calling on Barack Obama. I saw a lot of people um, being mad at Trump because he didn't know what to do. And, you know, and I'll leave that there. Um, you know, it, it is very evident it is very evident that we are in need of a savior. And for those of the us uh, so for those of us that have one, we have one. Um and so we don't wait on we don't wait on FEMA, we don't wait on whomever outside of Jesus. We thank God for whomever he sends, you know, but our ultimate redeemer, our ultimate savior is Jesus Christ. So we know where our hope is stored. We know where we know what is going to happen to us. It's, it's not a thing. It's it's this stuff is important because we live here. The Bible says be in the world, but not of it. So we are supposed to care about what's going on in this world because it is affecting us. But we have a savior already. And, and so we can pray to our savior. We can pray for him to send someone to find a cure and to do whatever it is he deems necessary to be done in this situation. So we, we will definitely pray about that before the podcast is over. Um, but, um, yeah, without further ado, let's recap. And I am already tired of talking. So I'll be right back. <laughs> So we left off um, last week in Samaria. There was a woman in Samaria who um, who God, who Jesus told her, pretty much told her her life. You know, she was like, look, he was like, go get your husband. And she was like, I don't have a husband. He was like, you're right. You've had five husbands. And the one that you're with now, the one that you're living with now isn't your husband. And what he was what he was communicating to this woman was we could clearly see we could clearly see again we could clearly see this woman thirsting after something five husbands and five husbands and now the one that you're with isn't your husband you're looking for something is very clear and it's very it's very obvious that you're looking for something well Jesus knew this this wasn't the fact that she had five husbands wasn't readily apparent, but the fact that once you find out that she had five husbands and the person that she was with currently wasn't her husband, she was looking for something, something that couldn't fulfill, fulfill her desires, something that couldn't fulfill her. And Jesus was telling her, look, you, you're thirsty for something and I am the one that can quench that thirst. Again, taste and see that the Lord is good. So this woman, she she find, she's like, fam, surely like you're the one I was waiting on the Messiah. You're you know, we and she knew a lot. She knew a lot about about, um, you know, the Jewish faith. And Jesus was like, but you still don't know everything. And basically what he was telling her ultimately, above all things, was, look, I'm the one I'm what the Jews are speaking about. I'm 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 him. And so she runs off without her bucket because <laughs> she had a bucket of water, you know, and Jesus asked for water. Who knows if Jesus ever got his water? <laughs> I don't know. 
And so she runs off. She leaves the bucket. And they make mention that she leaves the bucket there. It's like, look, she just dropped everything and went to tell people about the Lord. And again, that is what we call the do. Just drop everything. Nothing is more important. Nothing is more important. <sighs> but um, so this woman, she goes off to tell the rest of the people in Samaria, um, you know, and word spreads very quickly because of the word that she that she shares. She's like, look, come and see a man that has told us about told me everything that I've ever done. And so word spreads very quickly about Jesus. And so and so because of that, we find ourselves here. And John chapter four still. Hold on. Let me find it. Got a lot going on here. I wonder if I could turn on my thing and that thing. Hold on. Let me just turn on my notepad. Let's see. Let's see if you do it. Hey, let's see. See if it do it while I'm recording. It does it. Awesome. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. So, again, I'm in my car, and and if you know me, you know that um, you know, I I just gotta be real authentic at this moment, you know, you know. But in my opinion, nothing is going to stop this podcast. There's a lot. Again, there's a lot happening. I have to wake up early in the morning. I gotta. Sing at a funeral at again rest in peace my my great 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 friend and say my goodbyes to her and so here we are we we are in the car at eleven o'clock at night making sure that you guys get and I pray this helps for this week because I do indeed pray this helps okay I'm sorry we uh, yes we are in chapter four oh okay. So Jesus was telling people, you know, he's telling his disciples that, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And we've heard this. If you're a believer, you've heard this many a times, many a time that um, what does it mean? But for those of you who don't know what it means, what does it mean? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's so many people that need Jesus. And there's so many people that want him. But there's not many people that are willing to share and tell them about him. They're ripe for the picking. They're out there. So the question is, will you be one of the laborers? And I've always, when I became a believer and I heard this passage, I was like, look, I I, want to be a laborer. I want to tell people about you. I want people to know who you are and. And man, did God give me a double portion of that prayer? I'll tell you, tell you that. I man, no, no glory unto me. All right, so here we are. Without any further ado, John chapter five, verse thirty-nine. So again, the people went and they told her. They, I mean, the 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 woman she went and told people about Jesus. She was like, "Look, come and see the man, the Messiah that they've been talking about, the one we've been waiting on." He's here. Yeah, so John chapter 5, verse 39. And many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Again, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like someone could tell, I'm, it's not time for that. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, we just reading it, Keith. Verse 43. At the end of the two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself has said that a prophet is not honored in his hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum 
where son, whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miracles, miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said, and he started home. While the man who was on his way, while the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, what a timely passage you have given us today. Um, it is not, it was not my design that we would be in this scripture on today, but it was yours. And just like you understand what is going to happen, you understand what did happen and all of that type of stuff and all, all that is currently happening. Of course, you would have us here today. Lord, um, we want to say that we love you, we glorify you, and we need your help in getting through this text today. We need you to reveal yourself to us. We need you to give us energy to hear it, to, uh, you know, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord God. I would, I would pray that not just mine, not just the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me, but the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me is the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of everyone who has the Holy Spirit listening to this podcast right now. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would arise in this time and, 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 and cause us to hear and hear and hear on an even deeper level and be able to live out the words that we hear to be able to do what thus saith the Lord. That that Holy, that Holy Spirit, that you would remind them of what is being said today in, in different parts and times of their lives, Lord God. So right now we are praying that it helps. We know that it helps. We know that we know that it helps and we know that it takes. We know that your word is living and active and moving. Be with us, Lord God. Allow us to not just be readers of your word, but doers also. Don't let this just be a cute little podcast. It's like, oh man, Keith really said that. And then we go on about our days and we live our lives the way that we want to. No, not even myself, oh God. As journeying through John and, and knowing that I have a mission to do has caused me to to see my life in a different way and seeing how I should live my life from a different perspective. And, and I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. I must say this differently. I must say that differently because I want your word to go forth because I don't want it to be hindered. I pray that it would do the same for them as well, Lord God. I pray that this would spur them on to to be doers of your word, to be laborers. Your word says, we just read it, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord God, do work inside of them. Do work inside of them. As we read through this passage, we need you, oh God. We need you. We love you and we praise you and we glorify you. It is in your precious son Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. So starting from the top um, of Mark of Mark, um, John chapter four, verse thirty-nine. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said. He told me everything I ever did. 
And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days. So apparently, like real little tidbit, apparently two days was like the maximum that Jesus would stay anywhere. Like if you read it in different scriptures, you know, well, outside of them. Yeah, like two two days because he wouldn't he even stay in the grave two days on the third day. <laughs> on the third day he rose. So thank you, Lord. But um, apparently that's that's the thing, you know. He stayed for two days, a lot of places. I'm. Let me not say every place because I'm not too sure. And I know a lot of y'all cling to everything that I say. <laughs> so I have to be very, very fastidious and careful with what I say. I don't, I don't mind it. It's fine. It, I mean, it, it just it makes me more of a credible source, which is fine. Um, prayerfully, you guys will become that way, too, if you aren't already that way. Um, but it's you know many times you'll see that when where Jesus stayed somewhere he only stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. So Jesus was again telling people his message: Look, I I am the savior of the world. I am, I am, I am, I am that I am. Um, notice here, right? Notice. Because here's the apologist in me. Here's the apologist in me coming out, which is which is perfectly fine. I'm not I'm not rebuking it. But here's the apologist. Here's apologist Keith right now. Long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Notice that. They fit a story in this one verse. So Jesus gave his message, right? He gave his message many more places and many more times. So for people that say, look, all his accounts weren't even given and they didn't and just stupid stuff that they come up with. Well, why doesn't it say this? Why doesn't it say that? Well, this wasn't in there. This isn't in there. I can't fit everything that Jesus did. <laughs> In one book, let alone four books, you know, it's been said the apostles, it's been said that the apostles, the apostles have said, like, there's so much that Jesus did. We can't contain it in this book. John says it, I think, at some point. But he was like, we can't contain all the stuff that Jesus did. Jesus was performing miracles every day. He was doing stuff every day. Do you know that the majority of this book is like, I think, I believe. You know, you can quote you can quote me, but I'm paraphrasing. But the majority of things that Jesus did in his book is only within like the last 30 days of Jesus being alive, you know, before he comes to rise, before he rises again. You know, so and so it's like, well, how can he remember all this? It, he don't. He remembered the beginning and he remembered like the last few days that he was with Jesus, that Jesus was with them. This stuff occurred pretty much right before he went to the cross. So don't be alarmed if you don't have every account that Jesus did. You can't. He did. He was doing stuff every day and all the time. And it would be weird if you had every account that Jesus did. It's like there's no authenticity, which would make me question it. Verse 42. That was more than a tidbit. Verse 42. Then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not just because of what you told us, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. You know, again, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's OK to to recognize that that some that Jesus is the savior of the world. It is OK to recognize it. But until you until you experience him for yourself, only then will you know it. The late, the late great Kobe Bryant said in an interview with um, Steve, um, Stephen A. Smith, and you know he was like, "Look, until he was like, man, you can know. He was like, you can know that um, this stuff changes you. You know, he was speaking very lightly about Christianity because he was like, look, God, you know, God got me through this. And he was like, look, man, like you can know it all you want." But until you got to carry that thing, until you got to carry that cross yourself, 
and you going to need his help to carry it, then you need his help to carry it. That's when you know. Kobe experienced Jesus for himself. You know, say what you want about the guy. But that sounded like a man that experienced the Lord for himself. And so do these people. They was like, now we believe not just because of what you told us. But because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he indeed is the savior of the world. They know for themselves. No, you got to know for yourself. It's been said that God has no stepchildren and God has no grandchildren. There's no such thing as there's no such thing as my mom. My mom is a Christian or my mom is the first lady or my mom is the deaconess or my dad is the deacon or my dad is the elder or my dad is the pastor. I'm good. No. Or or I made Jesus walk. So I'm never going to hell. There's no such thing as that. Notice Kanye had to know the Lord for himself. It's a little bit more than knowing than than making Jesus walks. He has he had to know him. You got to know him. Um, okay, so here we go. Here we go into the story. Verse 43. At the end of the two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself has said that a prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Notice, understand this. Understand what Jesus means by this. Jesus was a person and is a person. Let me stop saying was. Jesus is a person. Jesus is a man. He's fully God, but he's fully man. So again, John is in this book like prove like look, stop saying that he was just a deity. He was a man and he is a man. He lived. So Jesus had a hometown. So Jesus went into his hometown of Galilee. And so what it means for a prophet is never accepted in his hometown. You could just look at your neighborhood. Say somebody makes it outside of your neighborhood. People are never going to revere them that in their hometown the way that they're revere, revered everywhere else or anywhere else. Why? Because you knew this person growing up. You know who their parents are. You know what they've done. You've seen them do all types of things. You know, so Jesus being the son of Mary who was seen as an illegitimate child having uh, Joseph and Mary having had Jesus outside of wedlock, according to these people, as far as they knew it, you know, they were like, he's Jesus. How is he? This is Jesus. You know what I mean? Who, whose wife, whose mother should have been put away a long time ago. How can he possibly be anybody's savior? You know? You know, so it's like when you're young, they know, they know you. We saw you come up from a little pup. We saw you come up from a little boy. We know you. There's not the same reverence. You're one of us. But it's like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not one of y'all. So if a prophet is never accepted in his hometown, what more of a savior? <laughs> what more of God in the flesh be accepted in his hometown? He himself has said that a prophet is not honored in his hometown. Yet Galileans welcomed him for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. So that's why we accept you like, OK, we saw what you did at the Passover. We saw you doing all types of stuff. You might be who you say you are. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana where he had turned the water into wine. See? He's back home. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum where whose son was very sick. Very timely message. Whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Let's stop here. Jesus was not talking to the man. Jesus was not talking to the man. He was talking to the group of people that were there. They brought him before Jesus to heal his son because they wanted to see him do miracles. So 
um, in other scriptures. And this is, you know, referred to the other episode that I had with my friend and I was breaking down uh, the different translations of the Bible where, again, it's not like words are um, words are um, translated and some words aren't translated. Some words are translated to like like the English language is trash. <laughs> Let's just say it like that. The English language is trash in comparison to other languages. So what you find happening in scripture a lot of times is stuff being translated from this great broad language and like squeezed into this lit very literal and like literal and like, let me not say incompetent, this very like futile language our language is not the best english is not the best language okay it's got a lot of growing to do which is why it pulls from other languages because english is trash sorry that whoever created english but so so the u is plural so in the greek the u is plural it's like you should like you all will not believe unless you see signs and wonders. It wasn't a question. He was it was a rhetorical question. It was like you won't y'all won't believe unless y'all see signs and wonders. And that's not just for them. That's for us. It's like, well, God, show me a sign. Lord, you told me to do this. You told me to do that. I believe you told me to do this. I believe you told me to do that. But I need a sign. I need a son. I need a, I need you to, I need this. I need, and you see that none of that stuff will never, will ever be good for you. Like, and not to say that God won't oblige you from time to time because he is God and he's all about like fam, like y'all believe, but he's like, I know y'all not going to believe unless y'all see signs and wonders, which is why I do signs and wonders because <laughs> y'all won't believe otherwise. But look at what happens, right? Look at what happens. I've never seen this um, pointed out, but the Lord pointed this out to me the other day. And I thank you, Lord. Jesus asks, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Like, and um, again, it's translated like he's repeating it over and over. Like he's begging him fervently to come Um before he his son dies then jesus told him go back home your son will live and the man believed what jesus said and started home see so back up if you've heard this story a million times i bet you never saw it like this go back up to verse 48 jesus asks will you never believe him and i'm um, i'm sorry the translation i'm reading from and this is mad late we mad we we way deep into um this podcast but um the version i'm reading from is the new living translation i feel like it's the most literal translation and the most it's the most palatable translation for people to just get off off the bat so i'm reading from it um for that purpose um jesus asks will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders the official like so jesus like y'all won't believe unless y'all see signs and wonders will y'all so if you scroll down to not too far, scroll down to verse 48. Yes, the very next verse. The official pleaded, Lord, please come now. So he's asking him to come, right? So y'all won't believe unless y'all see signs and wonders. Lord, come. And, and you know that there's a told y'all before. There's a crowd of people following Jesus. So they would follow Jesus so that they can see all of these signs and wonders. So not just the Lord would have come, all of those people following Jesus, doing those miracles, you know, to see him do the miracles and all that. They would have came, too, because they wanted to see him do more and more miracles. Right. So get this. So the next verse, verse 50, then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live like I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not about to make a spectacle of this. I'm not about to do this. I'm not about to do. See, note it's the same situation with Mary. It's well, it's close to the same situation with Mary. Remember in um um chapter two, when Mary's like, look, 
you know, it's it's time. And Jesus was like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not time. And cause and Jesus did the miracle, but no one knew about it but the servants. So Jesus is the same thing with this man. He was like, yo, come. And so let everybody see you do all of these signs. And that's not his purpose. He just wanted his son healed. Um, but Jesus knew the hearts of every man. And he does know the heart of every man. And so he's like, man, all right, man, go home. Your son is healed. I don't have to make a big spectacle of this. I can literally just heal you. I can literally just heal your son. It doesn't have to be a big to do. And notice that he did it because he, he believed. He's like, look, I'm going to do. Thank you for believing, you know, but it doesn't have to be this whole big thing for you to believe that I did it. Let that be a lesson to each and every single one of us where it shouldn't take us much to understand that when something good happens, that God did it. It shouldn't take much to believe that when something is happening in our lives, God is working something out. It shouldn't take much to realize that no matter what is going on, when this stuff gets cleared up, when everything gets right back in working order, that God had his hand in it and that God had his hand on it all along. We don't have to see him crack the sky for us to believe. We should believe before he cracks the sky. Then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. See, and the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, see, while he was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better. And they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. You know. So I think it's like, man, like, well, we always, we always, I've, I've heard it said, right? Back when I was in college, you know, when you were a freshman in college, you know, it's the first couple of weeks you're there, you know, you don't have any classes. You, you got to get to know the campus. You getting to know new students and all of that type of stuff. Orientation. I met a, um, I met a student and we were getting cool. She was pretty. And I'm, you know, when you're a freshman in college, and your parents went to college and they met each other in college. You tend to think that every woman that you meet henceforth in college might be your wife. Right. So you in, you entertain more relationships and entertain more people than you should be. It's just a whole to do. But, um, yeah, so I'm walking with her and, you know, I'm talking with her and I love the Lord. I'm 18. I'm 18 and I'm on fire for the Lord. I'm ready to turn this campus out. And she's talking and, you know, it's just natural for me to say, oh, praise God. And she was like, oh, you're one of those Christians. I said, one of what Christians? She said, you're a super Christian. I said, what is a super Christian? And I told y'all, I told y'all the other podcast, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as this sect of Christians that are like there's Christians and there's born again Christians. No, you're you're either a, you're either born again believer or you or you're not a believer. You're either born again or you're not. Like there is no other kind. I'm sorry. You born again or you're not. You're either born because that's the only way that you can be saved is by being born again. Said so you can't enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born again. How do you get born again? By receiving Jesus Christ. By believing in him. That's how you're born again. Start living like you're born again. If you are indeed born again, you're you've been made new. The old is passed away. But I digress. So this um this young lady, um, 
you know, she, you know, she was like, well, you saying, you know, every, everything you say is praise God, praise God. Like this, it, you ain't got to praise God for everything. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not really sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry that you're offended by that, but it's just in my nature to, to know that, like give thanks in everything that Jesus did everything. It doesn't have to be this big miraculous, even though it, in my opinion, it's all miraculous. Every, everything that God does, he does it amazingly. He does it big. But whenever, if God said that something is so, then that's what it is. If God said that, if God said that, um, if God said, I don't know, something very minuscule, like if God said that he wants you to um, go into, I don't know, into accounting and that he's going to make you the best accountant ever and he'll bring people to to into his kingdom because you're this great accountant and people will say, how are you this great accountant? And you're like, no. Well, you know, that's something to praise God about. And it's something for you to believe because he said it. You know, and then I, I, I meant something minuscule. That's not minuscule. Say like, oh, for me, it's like I'm going to fix your car. And I'm like, all right. Well, and when God I'm going to believe that God is going to fix my car. I'm not going to worry about any anything that happens in the interim or anything that happens in between that. I believe that God is going to fix my car, have my car fixed. Period. When that man, God said, Jesus said, yo, he said, your son, your son is healed. Go your way. Your son is healed. And then he he believed. It wasn't like, well, I, I need insurance. I need to know. I need a miracle. I need, I need to see you do it. I need you to come to the house with me. Notice that man lived the whole day away. <laughs> so you want me to. So you want Jesus, and Jesus is Jesus. He might have if if he felt it necessary. But that man was like, yo, come now, come now, come a whole day's walk with me back to my house to heal my son. Jesus was like, no, man. <laughs> I don't got to do all that. I could do that from right here. I could do that right now. This can happen in an instant because I am who I say that I am. All of this stuff, he is worthy to be praised. No matter how big or how small you might think that it is. He's not here to be made a spectacle of. And, you know, he's not he's not that type of he's not that God. Like, well, cool. I'm I'm about to show I'm about to prove myself to every single person. I'm not doing this just for doing its sake. So here's my thing. Do we want do we want to show off? You know, do we want do we want to show God off? And I, I am that person. I'm like, man, every time something happens, I'm I'm quick and we should be quick to give God the glory. But I would say in all things, give, give, give thanks In all things, give thanks. Jesus wasn't a show off. Jesus is not a show off. It was, this wasn't just, oh, well, I'm just walking around here doing miracles. No, I'm the savior of the world. I am. I am the Christ. I am that I am. I am God. Go your way. Your son is healed. Go your way. Your son is healed. Sometimes you should just believe. That's my point. Just believe if he said it, it is it is so. That man walked away. He was like, all right, man, he he noticed that he he kind of you, you can kind of infer that he might have even waited. Like he, he might have like took a little rest or whatever. I lost my little scripture. Excuse me. I lost my scripture. But, you know. He believed. So his his servants, they meet him. They meet him there. They meet him on his way home. Yo, he was healed. When was he healed? The hour that Jesus said that he was going to be healed. I knew it. I, I'm walking home and you running home. I know he's healed. If God said it, that settles it. There, there used to be signs. There used to be, um, there used to be, you know, little bumper stickers that said, God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. 
I remember my dad preaching one day, and he was like, he said, that bumper sticker is wrong. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was thinking, what? What's wrong with that bumper sticker? God said it, I believe it, that settles it. My dad was like, my dad said to the congregation, he said, it don't matter if you believe it or not. <laughs> it, you believing it, you believing it. If if God said something is going to happen, you believing that he that he said it, that that it's going to happen, that's that's not a prerequisite. Like if God said it, that settles it. But I would say this, I would say this, I'll say this, you know, because that, you know, I'll I'll say this. Let me just leave it alone. You have to believe that He's going to do it. But once he says that he's going to do it, you not you not believing it. That that's not contingent upon that. That's like, are you going to be prepared? Are you going to be prepared for this? You know, understand, I think it was Jesse. Um, Jesse was very old. Yes, yes, um, Jesse. Um, I believe it was Jesse. Somebody correct me if it's not Jesse. Or Jacob. Jesse or Jacob. Um, John the Baptist's father, he was, he was very old and his wife was old. I think it was Jesse and Sarah, I think. Please, someone correct me if it's not. Um, they were old. John the Baptist's parents were old. They were beyond the age of conceiving a child. So an angel came to John the Baptist's father and he said, yo, you're going to have a kid. And he's going to usher in the savior of the world and all of that type of stuff. And he was laughing. He was laughing. He started laughing, which is why his name was what it was. And so he was like, all right, well, your name is going to be this. And you're not going to be, since you laughing and since you don't believe, you're not going to be able to talk until the boy comes. So the angel like stopped him from being able to speak because he didn't believe. He thought it was a game, but the Lord still did it anyway. The Lord is going to do what he's going to do. And aren't you just glad that we serve a good God who does good things, right? And so the same is true with us. It's like, yo, you've been praying for a kid. You've been praying for this and that. And then you and then you didn't believe when they said that it was going to happen for you. <laughs> okay, I you believed that I just needed that initial faith. Thank you. So before I get off the rails and start getting into my own flesh, trying to conjure up something, we'll just end it here for today because we are really about to delve into the deity of Christ next chapter. I can already see it. Um, and I really got to study up on that. And so, yeah, we it's about to get real tough. <laughs> I could go a little bit into. Um, no, I won't. I won't. Um, but y'all, y'all pray my strength in the Lord in regards to these podcasts. Um, let's pray. Um, Father, thank you, Lord God, for being who you are. And we thank you that you don't need, um, you don't, you don't need us, but you want us. You want us to share in your, in your, not sharing your glory, but you want us to share in the glory that you have. You do. You want us to relish in the fact that look at our dad ruling all things. Look at our dad doing what he does. You want us to be a part of that. You want us to be a part of your glory. Your word says that your word says that we are, we are your, um, we are your uh, righteousness and that you do take joy in us and that you do, you do relish in us. We we do want to make you proud, Lord God. So I pray, um, everyone that is concerned about this uh, cor- uh coronavirus, Lord God, and all things and even just personal things in their life due to the coronavirus, Lord, um, we know that you never sleep nor slumber, as we are going to find out in chapter six and seven. It says that um, you are you are always working. It was like, therefore, the son of man is working. 
But um, God, you are you are with us constantly and you will never leave us nor forsake us. We ask that you would um, just, um, yes, make a way out of no way. There's no way that we can see out, Lord God. You are the cure. You are the bomb in Gilead. You you are the healer. You are the ultimate cure. So we need you. We need you to, to work a miracle. We need you. There are people that are looking to their jobs for salvation. There are people that are looking to their, their boyfriends and or girlfriends or husbands and or wives for salvation. When it comes to this, there, there, there's people that are looking for shelter when it comes to this. But Lord God, we rest in, in the shelter of the Almighty. We we know that you are with us and we know that we know what the end is going to be. So we don't have to worry about, wow, wow, if this happens, if this is the end of the world, then that means that the Bible is wrong. We don't have to worry about that because your word is true. And so far, everything that you said was going to happen has happened and or is happening or is going to happen. So we put our trust in you. We put our whole weight on you. And I pray that this helps, Lord God. I also pray that everybody, anyone that is, you know, looking for, looking for a hope and is looking for um, security, that they may find it in you. Say, Father, Father, Lord, I, I, I give myself to you. Please forgive me and take me in as your own. I need you. And I pray it differently all the time because there's no proper way to pray this. There's, there's no proper way to pray this. There's no one type of way to pray this prayer. It's the word says, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can have him so easily. He's looking for you. He's looking for you to, to accept him. Because there's so much that he wants to do in and through and for you. You don't even have to want him as much as, as as you don't even have to want him as much as he wants you because we can't. <laughs> but if you need him, if you need him, I implore you, I beg you, I beg of you to accept him today. We live in a time where you're here today, going today. Accept him today. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we honor you. It is in your precious Son, Jesus' name, we pray and give thanks. Amen. My name is Keith Roberson, and I pray this helps. Peace.